this together. Father, Lord, we're so thankful you live. We're so thankful we can point to an empty tomb, Lord. Lord, that we can live now in the power of the resurrection. Lord, we just ask that you would come this evening and speak to our hearts. Just help us to step out of the way, Lord. Help us to be moved by you. Help us to be, Lord, completely yielded to your spirit, Lord, what you would have, what you would just say. Lord, we want to be used of you. We just ask that you would speak, Father. Speak to each heart and each life. Lord, may you just fall amongst us, Lord. Fall upon us, Lord. May the Holy Ghost just come through this place tonight and move in our hearts and our lives. Draw us closer, Father. Each and every one of us, I pray. We commit this service to your hands. Lord, we do remember Brother Jason DeMars there, Lord. And Lord, the need in his body with his back. Father, we just ask that you would do a miracle for him and touch him, we pray. Lord, for the Brother Dale that's with him also, Brother Dale Smith, just be with them. Put a hedge of protection around them, Lord, we pray. We just commit them to you. May there be great fruits, Lord, to your, to the ministry and the word of the hour, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. Amen. And it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Who said it? God said it. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor and smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Also, just real quick in Revelations 1 and verse 10, it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. Amen. Just like to speak to you this evening on getting in the Spirit. Getting in the Spirit. We talked about Sunday about and the Spirit of God moved, but we won't just we to to really receive from Him has got to be more than Him just moving, but there has to be a response from us. Amen. There has to be a moving of ourselves out of the way so he can come and he can take preeminence in our lives. But I want to speak for a moment on these things. You know, there's two forces that govern the world today, two spirits. It's the spirit of Christ and the spirit of the Antichrist. We can see these at work since the beginning of time. We can see as it come in the garden there and, and into Cain and Abel. Amen. As they begin to come and bring their sacrifices unto God, one got in the spirit of true worship and one got in the spirit of human ability worship. Amen. To worship their own human abilities and what they can do and what they can bring. And, and Brother Branham says, you know, we need to watch those spirits and how they begin to move. It is the spirit of anything that does the work of it anyhow. It takes the spirit to do it. The people have to be in this kind of spirit to bring the latter days. The people in the spirit have to be in the spirit of the last days. The nations are in the spirit of the end time. That's why they have the atomic weapons, he says, and the hydrogen weapons. And today, you know, Russia's testing their supersonic whatever kind of weapons and nuclear powers and th all kinds of things because it's the spirit of the last day. And people are in the spirit of the end time. The churches, but the, he said the, the people are in the spirit of the end time, and we can, we can say amen to that because we see a whole group of people that have received the spirit that is prevalent in this last day, this Laodicean spirit, and, and they're, you know, naked and blind, wretched, and don't even know it, have, say, I have need of nothing, you know, relying once again on their own self and their own abilities, amen, instead of the things of God, amen. And they begin to rely on what they can do, what they can offer, 
what who I am, amen, instead of what God has already done. And, 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 and he says, but there is a people that is also in the spirit. He said the church is moving together under the power and the impact of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The world's running out there and making fun and scoffing and laughing. They're living like the devil every day. He said it is the spirit of the thing. Amen. And, and I want to read a couple things he says there in, in discernment. He said, speaking to someone, he said, between you and me, your spirit is speaking to me, and I'm speaking back to you through mortal lips, but both to anointings. He says, if this spirit here that's on me to bless you, he said, not that I can bless you, it can bless you. He said, if you, but it's only if your spirit is willing to be blessed. Amen. If you have the spirit of unbelief, then it cannot bless you. It'll just tell you what's wrong. It'll tell you something, send you on. But if you believe these two spirits can get together, it's a battle. He said, here's a demon crying, begging, pleading like that. And here's the spirit of God standing there looking at it. He said, but now it just depends on the way our spirit is running. He says, I believe if you can get you to believe that what I've said is the truth, then something's going to take place. You understand what I mean? So, amen, he said, he's saying there's a spirit upon you and upon me, and it depends on who you yield yourself to. If it's a spirit of sickness and you, and, or it's a spirit of sin, whatever it is, but there's also the Holy Ghost that'll stand there and call that thing out. And we know he's still calling it out today. He's still the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's never left. The word's still that. Amen. And that word stands in the pulpit and he begins to speak. The spirit of God follows that. It begins to tell you, but it only depends on who you lend yourself to, uh, what spirit that you'll yield yourself to, or you'll walk out of here with the same thing or even worse. Amen. Or walk out of here delivered. It's all up to you. Amen. But to, to be able to get that, you got into you got to get to be able to get deliverance you have to get in the spirit of deliverance amen to receive healing you got to get in the spirit of healing to receive these things from God you have to get in the spirit of it amen he says now if our this is another one he says of our Lord Jesus when he talked to the woman at the well he didn't just talk to her a little while but after a while he talked to her he said go and get me a drink what did he do he caught her spirit and he was trying here he was trying to contact that and the first patient here in the platform tonight so uh, he, talking to the person he said I have to contact your spirit you see see we're both men standing here going to meet God one day but you're also a supernatural being inside of you is a spirit that'll live somewhere forever if you got a disease Satan did that and he, but God has sent me to pray so these two spirits will come together then if his spirit can come and it but it will depend on which one you get into of these two spirits. Amen. If you believe that what you're told is going to be all right, you'll get well. If you do not believe it, of course, it can do nothing for you. Amen. But God is coming to show himself to you. But it's up to you to who you lend your spirit to. Amen. What you get out of this service is up to you who you lend your spirit to. If you lend your spirit to the world and the things of the world and the thoughts of the world and Laodicea lukewarm spirit, then you're not going to get nothing out of a service. But if you begin to realize there's another spirit here and if I can get into that and begin to worship that and let God come and begin to reveal himself to me, if I can yield myself to that spirit, then I can go out of here delivered. Then I can go out of here healed. Then I can go out of here saved. Then I can go out of here set free. But you got to get into the spirit of God. There has to be something that you got to do. He says, we cannot have a last day until people get in the spirit of a last day. And we can see that all around us. People are in the spirit of the last day. Now, they may think they're in the spirit of having fun or, or, or you know, of drinking or whatever, but they are actually getting to the spirit of destruction. Amen. God is sending a destruction upon this earth, and people are getting into the spirit of it. They're getting into the spirit of lukewarmness. They're getting the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's all around us. Amen. To where it's not in the closet no more, but it's out in the front. 
is pushed on every corner. Why? Because people are getting in the spirit of it. Amen. That's what I was warning a young man yesterday, just a few days ago. Amen. He's fixing to go to college. I said, you need to watch out when you go to those places because there's spirits there. And there's spirits that try to tear down Christianity, tear down what God is placing into positions and try to tear down creation and tear down all things that has to do with God. But you better make sure you got the spirit of God inside of you. And if you have that, he'll keep you in the middle of all those things. If you yield yourself to the spirit of God, the spirit of the Antichrist cannot have control or dominion over you. Amen. He says we cannot have a healing service until people get in the spirit of a healing service. We cannot have a feeling of a feeling of the Holy Ghost until people get in that kind of atmosphere. You know, we can't even have a good service on a Wednesday night until people get into the spirit that we're going to have a good service on a Wednesday night. Amen. It takes a move, and you got to move away from your thoughts and from your ideas and who you think what's going on tomorrow and get in into the spirit of what God is doing. Amen. And I'm not here to try to work you up or try to get you into some shout. No, I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is getting you into the spirit of God and let the spirit of God fall upon you and then healings will take place, deliverances will take place, marriages will be put back together, God moving in your heart. Amen. But you have to move. Amen. The people was in that. He said that we cannot have a feeling of the Holy Ghost until people get in that kind of uh, that kind of atmosphere. The people was in the atmosphere in that day to bring judgment upon the earth, and they're in the same. He's talking about Noah's day. In the they're in the same atmosphere today, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, all kinds of things going on, and the glory of God is being preached and demonstrated, and the power of the Holy Ghost setting forth an example of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's going to take the church in the glory just as certain as I'm standing here and men are ignoring it and paying no attention to it and walking away from it. Why? Because they are in the spirit of the last day. Amen. Listen, I, I don't want to come to church and be in the spirit of some other thing and, and miss God's spirit. Amen. I don't want to come to church and let some spirit dominate me of, of depression or fear or anxiety or whatever lukewarmness. I, I, I want to cast all that aside. Amen. I want to lay it all aside. That's what they had to do in the upper room. Amen. They had to lay aside every division, every spirit, everything that was against God, and they got in one mind and one accord, and the power of God fell upon them. Them. The spirit of God fell in their lives. Amen. That's what we're designing at Evening Light Tabernacle. We're not interested in just a service or just a church. We're interested in the spirit of God being in our midst. We're interested in being in our cars and being in our homes, being in our lives, being in every part that we have. Amen. The world's got to get like this. Amen. So if the world is getting in the spirit, what's the bride doing? Amen. We see the world fulfilling that. They're getting into it. You can see it on their outward appearance. You, you can see it in everything that they are and do and portray. You can see it in our, our Congress. They're getting in the spirit of destruction. Amen. You can see Russia. They're getting in the spirit, amen, of what's going to take place and the bombs that's going to fall. It is happening. People are getting in the spirit of it. It's going to take place. It's prophecy. There's nothing we can do to stop it. There's not enough sermons we can do to stop it. It's going to take place. But if they're getting in the spirit and you're seeing lukewarmness and Laodicea and you're seeing the Sodom and Gomorrah conditions and the people in their place in the spirit, how much more should we be in the spirit of God? Amen. The Holy Ghost in our lives and the Holy Ghost moving and changing us and the Holy Ghost saving our young people and the Holy Ghost saving our marriages. Amen. When all hell is against them, there is a power that can save those things. See, we got to get in the spirit of it. The world's got to get like this. God would be unjust to pour his wrath out upon a just people. They, they have ignored him and walked away, and Satan's captured them. Amen. It can happen right here in this service, too. People can ignore him and walk away, and Satan capture them. 
until they're so bound by a spirit, and you don't know if they'll ever get loose from that thing. There, there's, and there they're standing at that time, but God has provided a way of escape. How many wants to know the way of escape from the spirit of this world? By being born again. By receiving his spirit. That's how you can escape the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world is very strong. Amen, I'm not here to try to act like it's nothing. It's a strong spirit. One of the strongest spirits that's ever been on this earth is this last day spirit. It takes men, it takes women. Listen, this spirit don't even care if you believe the message as long as you don't grab a hold of certain things. It's a strong spirit. Mercy, I, I get amazed as we go along. It just grieves me. I'm talking about Grieved. I think Brother Tim made reference to this the other day, but you hear it more and more. People in the message becoming pro-choice. They're not in the message. Or, well, the message is not in them. Amen. They might have a profession. They might have a dress. They might have an action or whatever as far as just their outward appearance, but something's lacking on the inside of them. It's impossible to believe that and be a Christian much less a message believer. Amen. And, I, you know, it's not, I just say it. It's not the only spirit that's prevalent. We got the other spirits that are prevalent in this world. There's a spirit now that's trying to take over young minds as they're pushing it on everything through all kinds of news and all kinds of media and everything, you know, trying to get their ideas and it's washing away, washing away, washing away, amen, to where people are now, amen, in message pews becoming vegans when the Bible absolutely calls it what it is. Amen. He came down and showed Peter, don't call what I call clean. Don't call it unclean. He said, slay and eat. But that's the spirit. Amen. It's not the spirit of this message. It's not the spirit of this prophet. It's not the spirit of the Holy Ghost. It's a Laodicean spirit. And we take that thing into ourselves. And before we know it, we're swapped right into the whole thing. It's becoming more and more prevalent in message ranks. Why? Because they've listened to another spirit. Amen. Revelations, he says here in Revelations 15, 3, it says, and they sang a song. Amen. Oh, I've skipped a little bit. Let me go back. It says, it says right here, we've got to get in the spirit of the last days when the spirit, when this last days are here. He says, you go to a dance hall, you go to get in the spirit of dancing or they won't, or they won't dance. You go to church, you got to get in the spirit of worship before you can worship. The world's got to get in the spirit of the last days before the last days can come. And we're in the spirit of last days. And God promised that in these things would be here. And that's what we got. And men or women are sitting asleep and don't realize it. We don't realize how late we're in. Amen. Uh, it's been coming out of this pulpit of the token of the, uh, of the exodus. Listen, that's the time we're living in. Amen. About 400 years went by, but finally somebody got in the spirit of an exodus. I believe there's a people here tonight that are in the spirit. Amen. Not of Laodicea, but in the spirit of leaving here. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm a stranger. I'm a foreigner here. This is not what I want anymore. I'm looking for another place. Amen. In Revelations 15, 3, it says they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true thy ways, thou King of saints. Do you see it? The Lamb, the high priest, holding his blood as an atonement on the mercy seat for our sins is the Lord God Almighty. That's his present office. That is what he's doing now, pleading his blood for our sins. But one day the Lamb will become Lion of the tribe of Judah, he will come forth in power and glory and take his authority to reign as king. He is the coming king of this earth, of course. That does not say he's not our king now, for he is our king, king of saints. But right now, it is a spiritual kingdom. It is not of this world system, even as we are not of this world. 
Hallelujah. The reason we act different from the world, our citizenship is of heaven. We reflect the spirit of the world of our rebirth where Jesus is king. Woo, hallelujah. That is where our spirit is react, re- reflecting. It's not of this world. It's not of the things of this world. It's not of the creeds of this world. It's not of the, 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 the thoughts of this world. It is reflecting another kingdom that is coming upon the earth. He said, that is why our women do not dress in men's clothes or cut their hair or use all these cosmetics or other things that's, well, that ought to cover everything. Some people say, when you say makeup, well, I ain't got cosmetics and all other things that the world likes so much. 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 Why is it in our ranks? Because all of them that were in Israel were not of Israel. You're not of us until you're born of the same spirit. Amen. This is why our men don't drink and smoke and carry on in sin. Our dominion is the dominion over sin. And it is enforced through the power that is in the spirit of Christ that indwells us. Each kingdom on earth is going to be torn down, but ours will remain. Hallelujah. Ours will remain. That's why he would say in Romans 8, verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death and what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in this flesh and the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Oh, yes. They that are of the spirit of this world mind the things of this world. But they that are after spirit, amen, the spirit of Christ, they they, they do mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law, neither can it indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh. Am I talking to anybody tonight? But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, He's none of his. So he would say it like this in a prayer. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, saturate this building with your spirit. Oh, my. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, saturate this building with your spirit. Throw every chunk out. Throw every log out. May the God of heaven fill with the Holy Ghost and set this church afire. Oh, how many can say amen? So get in the spirit of this meeting and every one of you will be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Mercy. There it is. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Are you in the spirit of receiving? I think that's our problem. Many times we wonder why some services are so high and some are so low because some we come with the spirit of receiving and some we come with another spirit somewhere. Our minds are off somewhere. We got tomorrow, we got this. But if we can just tune in for this next 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, five hours, whatever God wants to do. Amen, let's let him be God. Amen, let's let him direct and whatever it is, but I want to be in the spirit of receiving. You can never receive anything from God until you receive of his spirit and you say, God, I want to be ready for you when you come. And he comes in the most odd times. He comes when you're not expecting it. He comes when you're not feeling it. He comes when, the, when everything seems all hell's broke loose against you. God, I come on the scene, but you better be ready to say, here I am, Lord. Hallelujah. Revelations 1 and verse 10 said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then there's another part. And heard behind me a great voice 
as I was a hover, as of a trumpet. Brother Branham says it like this: I was in the spirit. Man, how many can say I was in the spirit? Isn't that just beautiful? My, I love that. You could just call those words the whole of Christian life. Man, I figured I'd get a little bit more amens than that. I was in the spirit. He said you could call that, those words, the whole of Christian life. If we were going to live as Christians, we have to be in his spirit. Amen. John was not talking about being in his own spirit. That would not have brought these visions. It had to be the spirit of God. It has to be the spirit of God with us to or all our efforts is in vain. Paul said, I pray in the spirit. I sing in the spirit. I live in the spirit. I come to church in the spirit. Hallelujah. If there's any good thing that will come to me, it has to be revealed by the Spirit, confirmed by His Word, and made manifest by the results it bears. And surely as John needed to be in the Spirit to receive those tremendous revelations fresh from Jesus, we need to be in the Spirit to understand the revelations that God has given us to live by in His Word, for it is the same Spirit. But that's the problem. We got it mixed up. We want the word and we want really nothing but intellectual ideas. But if you'll get in the spirit of it, then there'll be true revelation done on your heart. Look at it this way. He says all too many times in the Bible where it says in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall, how many can say shall? Shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and it just passes right on. You don't see it. If they saw it by getting in the Spirit, they would know that it would, they would want to receive the Holy Spirit. Then they need to repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then God would be duty-bound to fulfill His Word by filling them with the Holy Ghost. They never get in His Spirit or it would happen to them exactly as the Word says. Pray to God for the revelation by His Spirit. That's the first step. Get in the Spirit. Not your human spirit, but His Spirit. Amen. Let me just use another illustration. Suppose you need healing. What does the Word say? Well, we've read it countless times, but did not get into the Spirit when reading it. He's the Lord God that heals all my diseases. By His stripes I am healed. And we're so mechanical. We can quote it. We've quoted it for years. Till we got, like we said Sunday, we got so much mechanics that we become mechanical. We can quote it. We can quote it. We can quote it. He says, but what happened? Did you ask God for his spirit to teach us the real truth of it? He says, if we did, we would call the elders, confess our sins, be anointed and prayed for, and that would be that. <laughs> Amen. It might not come immediately, but, it's, but in, his, in his spirit, it's all over. In his spirit, it's all over. Amen. There's no other court of appeal. God will fulfill his word. Oh, we need to get in the spirit, and then the things will be done. Don't go through the acts first. Get in the spirit, and then go through the acts. You know, that's what's wrong with our services sometimes. We want to come to church, then get in the Spirit. But we need to get in the Spirit and then come to church. Amen. We want the preacher or the song leader to sing, then we'll get in the Spirit. No, we need to get in the Spirit and sing with the song leader. We want the preacher to preach and then get in the Spirit. No, we need to get in the Spirit and let the preacher preach and say, Yes, Lord, I see what you're talking about. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We have to do the, we have to get in the spirit first, then go through the acts. Hallelujah. Have you ever noticed how the world's getting in the spirit of things that are in the world? Have anybody noticed that? I've been talking about it. Have, have anybody out there noticed it? Mercy. They're getting some kind of spirit. They walk out and they got all kinds of junk all over their noses. All I can look is like, man, that had to hurt. How no, it still still gotta hurt. How they how they doing that? And then all the tattoos and all the stuff they got, purple hair, this and that and the other. What is it? They're getting into a spirit. 
It's just manifesting on them. Amen. And, it, and you ain't got to tell them about it or tell them they should or shouldn't. It just starts happening. Why? Because they received a spirit. And that spirit starts acting out of their body. It starts overtaking them. It's a spirit. Just like a cancer. You know, Brother Branham was, as far as I know, one of the first to begin to call it what it was. It wasn't a sickness. It was a spirit. And he would talk about it. He said, that's a demon that's come there and anointed a cell. He said, but by the power of God, we can cast that thing off. Amen. But he realized what it was. It was a spirit. Amen. And it's a spirit that wants to anoint people to not receive anything from God when they come to the house of God. It's a spirit that wants to anoint people to do the things that they're doing today. It's a spirit that's trying to anoint you. Which spirit is it tonight? Amen. There's one. There's a battle going on in this service. We've called it. It's a contest going on right now. There's a, two spirits at work in this service right now. Which one are you going to receive? Which one are you going to give yourself to? Which one are you going to yield yourself to? If I was you, I would yield myself to the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost fall on you. Let him move on you. Let him reveal it to you. I can, I can preach. I can scream. I can holler. I can read quotes. I can read scriptures. But if the Holy Ghost don't come in this place, it's all void. It's all no. It's nothing to it. But I believe he is here. And I believe with all my heart there's a people to receive him. Hallelujah. But people are in the spirit. They go to their ball games, their sporting events, their dances. They enter into the spirit of it. Amen. They don't sit there like wallflowers and old dried up sticks. They enter right into the feel of things and become a part of things. You can see them before you even get to the stadium. Miles, hundreds of miles. These flags will be going. All kind of stuff written all over their cars. Go this, go that, whatever they're going after. Do this, win big, do this, state, state. And it ain't just college or anything. It's little league. It's all kinds of stuff. They're getting in the spirit of something. Amen. You can get into the spirit of a lot of things. don't have to be just sports. Amen. <laughs> well, please move on. Okay. They enter right into the filial things to become part of things. He said, oh, how, hate, how they hate the Christians for getting into the spirit of God's word. They call us fanatics and holy rollers. There's nothing they won't do to show their hatred and disapproval, but ignore that. Amen. You can expect it knowing where it's coming from. Just go on and get in the spirit of worship. Amen, Brother Branham. Ignore that. Just go on and get in the spirit of worship because our spirit is clean. It's fresh. It's real. It's sober and serious, but nonetheless, full of the joy of the Lord. The Christian ought to be just as exuberant and full of his pleasure in the Lord as the world is when it savors and delights in his pleasures. Both Christians and the world are human. Both have emotion. The difference is Christians' hearts and emotions are purely on Lord of glory and his love while the world satisfies the flesh. Amen. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. The first thing you have to do is what? There you go. Somebody's listening. Get in the spirit. How these, how's these revelations going to ever come to you? Get in the Spirit. How are you all ever going to get the Holy Ghost? Amen. It ain't a dry-eyed confession. It ain't a preacher beating you on the back. It ain't a preacher praying for you. It's you. I got to get, I, I got to be a longing inside of your heart. Greater than the things of this world. Greater than what you have when you go back to your bedroom or to your house or to your car. It's got to be a greater desire. Amen. Amen. He says, listen, he says, what happens if when you was a sinner and you went to a dance, you got in the spirit of it. You started clapping your hands and patting your feet and shin digging. Oh, shin digging. In other words, you was getting way down if you was digging your shins in. Throwing your hat on the floor, going around and around, acting silly. Said so you was in the spirit of it. Could you imagine a fellow that was a dance fiend go to a dance and say, well, I guess y'all are having a pretty good time. I suppose. He's, oh, they'd say, oh, you wild wallflower, get out of here. 
Get out of here. You go to a ball game, somebody knock a home run or something, sit and look and say, well, guess that's pretty good. No, you wouldn't be a ball fan if you, if you had that, but you would be in the spirit of baseball. When somebody knocks a home run, you would raise up and holler, woo, my team's winning. Knock somebody's hat off his head, and nobody says a word about it. But then in the church, when you get in the spirit and you begin to raise up and holler, glory, hallelujah, praise God, my team's winning. Hallelujah, my team's winning. If God be for us, who can be against us? My team's winning. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. My team's winning. Amen. Somebody will turn around and say, oh, you holy roller. You holy roller. He said, I want to ask you a question. If we're holy rollers because of what we do, then that makes them unholy rollers. I'd rather be a holy roller than an unholy roller. Hallelujah. John was in the spirit. He got in the spirit. Then the things begin to take place. He got in the spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, his eyes turned from the old rotten isle he was on and the things he was going through and the scorpions and the snakes and all the problems around him. All his eyes faded away and all of a sudden he's standing in the eternals. Oh. Got in the spirit. Amen. I believe that can happen for someone tonight. It'll cause you to hear a trumpet. Cause you to hear something. Amen. He was in the spirit, and when he got there, he heard a trumpet. Now, a trumpet always announces the approaching of something. A king is coming. They'll sound a trumpet. And when Jesus approached, he sounded a trumpet. When Joseph went forth, they sounded a trumpet. Now something's coming forward. John got in the spirit, and he heard a trumpet. He heard a trumpet, and he took a look behind him. And, but it was after he got in the spirit. Maybe he was dancing, jumping, running all over that aisle. He was having a good time, but he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He wasn't running and jumping because, amen, there was a bunch of stones and scorpions and snakes like some of you would run and jump. That wasn't why he was running and jumping. He was running and jumping because he was seeing things that wasn't in this dimension no more. He was seeing the same God. He had promised it would come again, and he saw the one that was once was dead but is now alive forevermore. He saw the one who raised up from the grave, and he saw he still lives today. He saw the one that ascended, and he saw he still lives today. He said, I believe he's having a good time in the spirit, just praising God. Because that's exactly what happened when the spirit fell on them in the first place. When the Holy Ghost fell on them, they staggered like drunk men and women and acted like they were drunk, jabbering. Carrying on like that till people said, these people are full of new wine. That's the way they acted the first time. So the Spirit come on again, he'll act the same way the next time. So what we need is a drunk church. Amen. There's a, there's a woman out there drunk on the sins. She's drunk of the wine of her fornication. She's getting in the spirit of it. She's going to move into her power. She's getting into the spirit of it. But there's also another woman on this earth that's drunk. But it ain't of own fornications and sins and idolatry and lukewarm spirits. She's drunk on the Holy Ghost. And she can see things, amen, that's happening and going on. She's not worried about the bombs dropping because the bomb ain't for her. She's not worried about anything that's going on in political realms because it really ain't about her. She's getting out of here. Man, if you can get in your mind that in just a few days we're leaving this place, what a shouting time we can have. If we can get you away from the things that's going on in your life and the scorpions and the snakes is trying to bite you and trying to come at you and trying to hold at your windows, if you can get in the spirit long enough to realize I only have a few more days left. I only have just a few more blood days here, a few more weeks, a few more years, whatever it is, it's just a limited time. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Man, that makes me want to shout because I know in that same time, my time is not limited. I'm leaving here, but there is a limited time for that devil. That snake and that scorpion that tormented John on that island, it's gone and dead and ain't there no more. But John's still in the eternals. Hallelujah. That sin of depression, that thing that's haunted you and trying to keep you bound. One day, it's last days is here. One day, it's over with and it don't have no power anymore. While you're shouting on the hills of glory, it'll be burning in hell. All those things are trying to torment you. If you could get in the spirit right now, you could see that your enemy is already dead. He's powerless. He has no power over you. He has lost his power. Hallelujah. If that's the way they acted the first time, he'll do it again the second time, the third time, the fourth time. Get in the spirit. But he says, Beloved, remember ye the words which are spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. You know what that tells me? Those mockers have their last time. Who should walk after their, only, their own ungodly lust? They have their own last time. These be they who separate themselves, sensual or having to do with the flesh, physical, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. But he told us, he said that Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. But the book of Revelation shows how that Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it, make it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. It exposes Satan, revealing his works, the attempted destruction of God's I love that. The attempted destruction. That means he's not going he's going to attempt, but he's not going to succeed. <laughs> he's going to attempt to keep the Holy Ghost from you, but he ain't going to succeed. He's going to attempt to keep the healing off of you, but he's not going to succeed. He's going to attempt to keep your children bound and out there in sin, but he's not going to succeed. We're leaving here. We ain't leaving a hoof behind. If he did it the first time, he'll do it the second time. Amen. But see, he fights that. He can't stand it. He knows that the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for. And she can do the greater works. She will be an invincible army. Oh, hallelujah. How many believes that? An invincible army. If they get the true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church. Oh, that would bring it on down. I thought it was the world. No, it's right in the church. Well, you think we're crying out against these things because we wouldn't be worried about it if it was so much out there in the world, but it's in the church. Why did Paul deal with the things he dealt with? Not because it was in the world, he dealt with it because it was in the church. Why are they preaching that? Because it's in the church. Why are they screaming out against it? Because it's in the church. Shouldn't be in the church, but it's in the church. The two spirits within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit. That's the only way you're going to have true discernment is by his spirit. Discern and withstand the antichrist spirit. Satan will be powerless before her. He will be as the definitely thwarted or defeated today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him in the desert. Satan hates revelation. So if Satan knows it takes the spirit to bring revelation. So what is he doing in this hour? He's trying to kill the spirit because he knows the word can come as far as out of man's mouth, but if the spirit ain't there, it can't bring life. It's nothing the letter killeth, but the spirit bringeth life. It takes both of them together. 
But we can follow these two spirits in the church. Started, as we said, with Cain and Abel. Both worshipers. Both raising their hands on a Wednesday or Sunday. Having a sacrifice. One relying on what they had done and what they'd done over here. And I've done this and it's me, it's I. Look what I've done, God. One, Abel, saying, I, I ain't worthy. There's nothing I got that's worthy. I, I can't do it. It's impossible. Comes all of a sudden out of the out of the canes. Cain's over here and he's got his man, the most beautiful fruits. He's worked hard. He didn't do it. He, Brother Brown would say he'd done it for God. He worked his own works and he placed them just so beautifully on the altar. All of a sudden you hear, Aah! I've heard them. I know what they sound like. Especially when one gets caught. He said, all of a sudden, Abel had a revelation by the Spirit. He said he got him some kind of twine, something he had, maybe old vine, and he put it around his neck. He come dragging it up to his altar. He come bringing it up there, and he laid it upon that altar. Cain looked over and was like, what in the world is going on? Abel realized it has to be blood. He got a revelation of what took to get them covered in the garden. Amen. That God didn't slay them. It was blood. Fig leaves didn't do it. If fig leaves wouldn't do it, tomatoes and grapes and everything else wasn't going to do it. It took blood. And here Abel comes and brings it up there. He looks around. He finds him a rock, and he just begins hacking at his throat. That lamb crying out. Brother Brown said, that lamb began to speak in tongues. He said, just as our lamb said, Eli, Eli. The busting eye. Here he is. He said blood began to flow. It began to squirt all over him. He said, what happened? Abel died with his sacrifice. He died right there on his altar, and that's where you got to get, brother and sister. You got to be willing to die. Kill your own spirit. Kill your own thinking. Kill what you thought was right, what you thought was wrong. Lay it all at the altar so you can get in the right spirit. Esau and Jacob. What was it? One wanted the birthright. One despised the birthright. Moses and Janice and Jambres, all the way down to Judas and Jesus all those two spirits working all the way down through the church. He said, Brother Brown said, have you ever studied the history of revivals? He said, a revival signifies a move of God in power. And every time God moves, Satan is there to move also. It never fails in the days of the great Welsh revival. Most people don't know this, but the insane asylums filled up quickly. There was a great display of devil power to take away the, try to take away the attention from God. Hello, somebody. Then why are we surprised when they show up at a God-filled camp? Trying to take the attention away from God. It is written that Wesley's day, the people would do most peculiar things that were definitely of Satan to try to mock the goodness and power of God. In Luther's day, it said that the miracle of his ministry did not lie in the fact that he was successfully protesting the Roman Catholic Church, but the miracle lay in the fact he could and did stay sound and sane amidst the fanatics that were often filled with and guided by wrong spirits. And if you have been aware in this last day's ministry, you'll have noted the same invasion of false and wicked spirits. Why we got so many doctrines in the message? Because of false and wicked spirits. It has to be that way. Now I hope and trust you are spiritual minded enough to get that and capitalize on it. Listen to this, it's just to seal the point of the true and false vines, the two seeds mingling and demonstrating the two spirits that are at work. Let us look at 1 John 4, 1 and 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they're of God because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know ye are the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. 
Amen. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you've heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. But ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, the Antichrist spirit, because greater is he, God's spirit, that's in you than he that's in the world. Jude 3, 4, and 12 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. We got to be doing the same thing, contending for the faith. We have been brought back to the original church. And we got to stand there and contend for it and fight for it. It's our God-given rights. It's our God-given rights for our young people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. How dare some man bring a creed that will take it out of the church? It is our God-given rights, our heritage. He said, for there's certain men, he says, not saints, crept in unawares. Those have not come into the fold by means of the door. They got in another way. They didn't come by the new birth. They come a different way. And therefore, they're robbers. They try to take out the worship. They take out the blood. They take out the atonement. They take out the intercessor. They take it out. They're robbers. Why? Because they didn't come in the same door. We who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, denying the only true Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. It cannot be denied in the face of these scriptures that the true church and the false church are intertwined and have been planted together but of different seeds. He said, oh, elect of God, beware. Study closely. Be careful. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Rely on God and be strong in his might. Your adversary, the devil, is even now going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Watch unto prayer and be steadfast. This is the end time. Both the true and false vines are coming into maturity. But before the wheat matures, those ripened tares must be bound for the burning. And they're joining the World Council of Churches. That's the binding. Soon the garden of the wheat will come. But right now the two spirits are at work in two vines. But come out from among the tares. Start to overcome that which you may consider praiseworthy for our Lord and be fit to reign and rule with him. Listen to this. The age, this age, is the last of the seven church ages. What began in the first or the Ephesian age must and will come to fruition and harvest in the last or Laodicean age. So what I read there, he puts the harvest in the Laodicean age. The two vines will yield their final fruit. The two spirits will terminate their manifestations in each of their final destinations. Whew. The sowing, the water, the growing is over. The summer is entered, it ended and a sickle is now thrust into the harvest. He says, we said we've studied lies of pictures of the ripened false vine, false spirit, false church people. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so that because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, white raiment thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eyes that they may see no words ever spelled out a more bitter denunciation and no proud and arrogant religious people ever deserved it more yet in verse 21 same age to him that overcometh 
Hallelujah. Well, I grant to sit with me in my throne. Y'all have been commissioned to be throne sitters. Amen. To have dominion and reign as kings and priests, even as I overcame and sat down in my father in his throne, we find the true vine. He just said it. The true vine, the true spirit, the true church people exalted to the very throne of God with the highest compliment ever paid to a humble, steadfast, spiritual group. So if we're not that, who was it? I am that. That is my promise. Hallelujah. Amen. The mysteries of the tear and wheat in Matthew 13, 24 is now also fulfilled. Another parable put forth to them saying the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed a good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and soared tares into the, among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household come and said, Sir, didst thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence hath the tares come from? He said, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then go and gather them up? He said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up the wheat with them. Why? Because in that stage, they both look the same. But you let them mature. And the spirit that's in them is going to manifest their final destination. The final destination will be the end all. Drop the mic on who the bride of Christ is. <laughs> Amen. That's what it's going to be. And then others will be cast out into wailing and gnashing of teeth. But from the first age, they've grown side by side. In this age, they're harvested. What now I see is set out to accomplish has finally come to pass. With all the might of the organization, the false church turns away from the vestige of truth. With political might, reinforces herself. With state back and sets out to er eradicate forever the true believer. But just when she's about to accomplish her cowardly plot, the wheat is gathered into the garner. Hallelujah. No longer will the wheat and tares grow side by side. No longer will the tares receive the blessing of God because of the presence of the wheat. For the wheat will be gone and the wrath of God will be poured out. Amen, which will end in the utter destruction of the wicked. He said, I said not long ago about the false vine coming to full fruition in this age. Her fruit would mature and ripen. That's correct. The evil-spirited church full of iniquity, will be revealed as a mustard seed that grew into a tree which lodged the fowls of the air. At her head will be the Antichrist, the mystery of iniquity. All this is true. And if this is true, then must be also true that the bride church will mature. Her ripeness shall be the identification with her Lord by the means of the word and her head who will come for her in the mystery of godliness, which is indeed Christ. And as the false church with all cunningness and diabolical power made up political force, physical force, and demons of darkness will come against this true vine. And this true vine with the fullness of the Spirit and the Word will do the very acts of the power that Jesus did. Then as she nears her headstone, becoming like him through the Word, Jesus will become the bride and the groom may be forever united as one. When? In the rapture. Hallelujah. But in Revelations 3.22, he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, capital S, Spirit saith unto the churches. Can you hear what the Spirit is saying? Get under the blood. Get the token. Receive Christ. Don't receive just a doctrine or creed or a way of living. Receive him. Sirs, we should see Jesus. That's what we want to see. This is the last warning. He says there will not be another. The throne room has been set up. The 12 foundations have been laid. Think of this. Just leave 17,500 Highway 371 for a moment. 
The streets of gold have been paved. The gates of gigantic pearls are raised and hinged. Like a pyramid, she stands so fair and glorious. The heavenly beings who have prepared her watch breathlessly as she glistens and shines with a glory that is unearthly. Every facet of her being, tell, beauty tells a story of amazing grace and Jesus' love. She's a city prepared for a prepared people. Whew. Got their lamps trimmed and clear. Got the blood on the door. She awaits only for her inhabitants, and soon they will throng her streets with joy. Yes, it's the last call. The Spirit will not speak in another age. The ages are over. What? what? The ages is over, but, but thank God, at this moment, the age is not over. He is yet crying, and his cry is not only in the spirit, his cry is not only in the spiritual ears of men by his spirit, but once again a prophet is in the land. Once more God will reveal the truth as he did to Paul in the days of the seventh messenger, in the days of the Laodicean age. Its messenger will reveal the mysteries of God as revealed to Paul. To Paul. He will speak out, and those who receive that prophet will, in his own name will receive the beneficent effect of that prophet's ministry. And they that hear him will be blessed and become part of that bride of the last day who are mentioned in Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say come. The corn of wheat, the bride wheat that fell on the ground at Nicaea has come back to original word grain again. Praise God forever. Yes, listen to the authenticated prophet of God who appears in this last days. What he says from God, the bride will say. Hello, somebody. What he says from God, the bride will say. If they're saying something that the prophet didn't say, it ain't the spirit of God. And the spirit and the prophet and the bride will be saying the same thing. Hallelujah. And what they will say will have already been said in the word. Do you see all the checks and balances that have been given to us in this message? But how many people just run right over? They get one little quote and they splice it over here with another and they get another and they splice it together. But he said the spirit of the, spirit of, will be said, of the bride and the prophet and the spirit will be saying the same thing. And then he makes another statement. And what they say, the word will have been said, have, have said. If you can't find it in the word, you can't find it in the message, it ain't the word. Amen. You might can find it on tape, but if it ain't in the Bible, it ain't the message. Amen. This is what the message came to reveal. It can't reveal anything outside this book. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. The Spirit has spoken. The setting sun's about to fade into eternity for the church age. Then it'll be all over. Then it'll be too late to come. If somewhere in this book, so this series, God has dealt with you by the Spirit, May you even now turn to him in repentance and give all your life to him that by his spirit he may give you eternal life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith. If that spirit is saying something that's not in the Bible, it ain't the right spirit. It's the spirit of a man or it's the spirit of a devil that's taking him, whatever, but it ain't the spirit of God because God will never, never Never deny his word. What do you say? You say, well, those are some those things you say were Laodicean spirits. How do you know that that's what it is? Because it's against the word of God. But he that hath an ear, let him hear. How many's got an ear tonight? I'm thankful I got a hear ear to hear what the spirit says. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. I wonder how many would just say, you know, Brother Timothy, 
I've been in the wrong spirit. I've allowed something to come in. Been listening to the wrong voice. Say it to God. Say, Lord, I, I just want to repent. Let my ear be turned to yours. What your spirit says. Yes, Lord. Let me hear what the spirit is saying. Let me hear what you say, Lord. What your word declares. Father, seeing the hands that were up, the hearts that were moved. Help us to be a church, Lord, that can be moved by your spirit. Lord, help me to be somebody, Lord, that when you move and I feel you come by and you speak, that I ain't just sleeping or ignoring you. My attention caught somewhere else. Lord, help us to be in tune with the supernatural. Lord, you see the hands that were lifted, Lord. Lord, these things are being preached. The token and the Spirit of God. All the things that have been going over this pulpit just in the last few weeks. Lord, that's wonderful words, anointed words. But Lord, there's got to be a people to receive it. There's got to be a people that say, Lord, I want to be moved by you. I want to move into your realms of your faith and your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, that you can just anoint me as you did Paul and Peter and John and all those men, Lord, as we've come back to those days again. I believe there's people here, the vessels, Lord, that were just like those on the day of Pentecost. Lord, they're wanting and ready to be filled. Lord, there's also others that need a refilling. Lord, we can have theology, we can have doctrines, we can have words. If we ain't got your spirit, we have nothing. We've got to have the Holy Ghost, Lord, in our lives. May we all take stock and get in the spirit of leaving here. Lord, sometimes we get so caught up in the spirit of staying and abiding, planting potatoes and corn. But Lord, help us to get in the spirit of leaving here. Lord, for a rapture to take place, there's going to have to be a people in the spirit of a rapture. There's going to have to be a people in the spirit of expectation, a body change to take place. I'm just asking, Lord, that your Holy Ghost will just fall upon our lives. Lord, that you'll just take and burn out the old dross and the unleavened out of our lives, Lord. Lord, that you would begin to blow through our hearts and blow out all the dirtiness and all the dark places, Lord, and all the spirits that try to haul skeletons in the closets. May this all be moved out and let your presence come in and fulfill every fiber. Lord, we believe we're in those days again. We're just asking you to move, Father. We're asking you to touch hearts and lives. I believe tonight, Lord, hearts can be so touched that they'll never be the same ever again, Lord. Lord, I believe hearts can be changed just in a moment in your presence. Holy Ghost can fall upon a heart, Lord, and it'll be all over. All their doubts and fears and unbelief and worry and things of what they are, who they are. It'll be all gone. The old question will be answered. A new creation be born. We just need you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. I need 